everyone, this is your host, Kennedy Drew, and welcome to the Ill People Podcast, a show that takes a deeper dive into spirituality, mental health, adulthood, and self-growth. This audio series will provide a safe space for your inner introvert without any judgment. So pop on those headphones and let's head over to Introvert Avenue, because we love it there. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ill People Podcast. This is your host, Ken, and in this episode, we are going to talk about love and what it is essentially. So, I came up with six concepts of what I feel like it is, and you can see if yours kind of aligns with mine. And if not, we could fight later. Just kidding. So, let's get started. At the age of 23, I'm just starting to see what love is. And for the longest, my idea of love was completely based on conformity and performance via people pleasing and minimizing myself for the comfort of others. So from what I learned now, love isn't meant to be perfect. It's not meant to be earned. It's not meant to be given as a reward for doing something that compromised your boundaries. It isn't meant to be breadcrumbed or meant to be given as positive reinforcement. And it isn't meant to have a certain look or appearance either. From the relationships that I have had, whether it was from family to romantic to friendships, these are the six concepts that I came up with. Number one, everyone has a different perspective of love, which means love looks different from everyone. Number two, People can only love to the extent of how they love themselves. So stop taking everything so personally. Number three, love is a choice where both parties agree to choose each other because love is an action. Number four, self-love is the foundation for all external love. Number five, everyone is going to hurt you. You just have to choose the people who are worth fighting for. Number six, this is the last one. Love isn't about you. So now in terms of love, so often we find ourselves getting into relationships that recreate scenarios that we are comfortable and familiar with in our idea of love. For example, if you're comfortable with chaos, disorder and dysfunction, then those are the type of people and scenarios that would recreate your old norm in your present moment. So toxic relationships that always have fights or drama because of the way that you thought love to be was reactive. And the only way to show that you care about a person is to either have this feeling to possess them or even go and control their actions. Another scenario would be jobs, whether we believe it or not. It could be staying at a job not only for the financial security, but the security of how the environment makes you feel. So if you were used to your feelings not being taken seriously growing up, then most likely you would migrate to a job to where when you would call out, they would come at you like, nah, like, are you really sick? Or I know you're sick. Can you just come in for the meeting though? And then you can take the rest of the day off, which sucks. Like for real, like come on. And I think that we confuse love with the idea of recreating the environments that we were comfortable with. So a quick example with me, because I love giving examples, obviously. 
I realized that my idea of the most genuine relationships or friendships that I had were the ones that we would immediately bond over how we were both extremely selfless. But my idea or concept of selflessness was rooted in how well I can be digestible for everyone. In other words, how can I inconvenience myself or how well can I inconvenience myself to make everyone else comfortable? So in this relationship dynamic, we are both seen as the go-to individuals for majority of everyone. We both created environments or a judgment-free zone because we both recognize how we want it to feel in our own times of need. And in those times of need, the people that we grew into were the people that we needed most during that time. So as you can imagine, we both had the exact same level of emotional capacity for each other during that time. And during this relationship dynamic, you would think that this is your twin by how well you guys get along together. But the whole entire time, that was your reflection. And in facing my own reflection, I realized a couple of things. I would almost always lead myself into misfortune because I would think that peace was boring. At the time, I didn't know it was peace, but my peace was leveled conversations that wasn't reactionary but responsive. It was also trust being an inside job rather than an outside one. So basically, if I share these parts of my intimate life with someone, do I trust myself enough to pick myself back up again and try again with someone else? Right? So the best analogy that I could give someone for this would be like getting out of jail and getting back reacclimated to society, which the emotional transition was very hard, but putting it in words was even more difficult. But in order to address the way that I love, I had to go back some generations. And once you go back to your family trees and you'll start to realize that no one really had the tools or the strength to acknowledge certain behaviors and that your negative self-talk and self-doubt was never really yours to begin with. The best story that I could give is one that I heard about this imaginary family. And every Thanksgiving, they would have this ham that they would put in the middle of the table and that they would bring out. The head was always cut off and the rear end was always cut off. And one of the kids asked, why do we always cut those parts off? The mom says, well, I really don't know. Let me go ask my mom. The grandma says, well, I really don't know. I always saw my mom do it. And then they went back about five generations. And when they asked the woman who started this tradition, She says, well, my oven was too small, so I cut both parts off. (laughs) And so so I want you to notice how rarely no one asked any questions and everybody just blindly followed the tradition, right? So that's why I want you guys to see that the way people act and the way people love have absolutely nothing to do with us. And that is why we have to prioritize self-love because it is the foundation for everything else. So in terms of self-love, being able to choose ourselves in the face of inconvenience or adversity is what real love is. And that includes on the external spectrum as well. So everyone has something that is going to contribute to the complexity of a relationship. You just have to decide whether or not that person is an investment or not. 
I think many of us, especially myself, thought in order to receive love, you have to look a certain way, act a certain way, and be healed entirely in order to be loved properly. Like you have to earn it, right? But in that, I saw what I thought my perception of love was. Like when I was younger, I took note of the positive reinforcements of certain actions. So I worked towards them and then I just kept going with those actions. So if someone were to approach me at the time when I had this state of mind, I wouldn't really be receptive to them because I would think the thought of I had to work so hard for it, you know, it being love. And why aren't you approaching this the same way that I am? Right. So now I'm pretty sure that everyone has been in relationships, whether it is with family, friends or even romantic that don't really work out because of this perception in their mind about what love looks like. After you get over the obstacle of perception, your next step is the capacity of love. So we always hear the references of you can't pour into someone else if your cup is empty, but what happens when you have a gallon-sized love and the people that you're investing in in terms of relationships or even family having a quart or cup-sized capacity? You're always going to be drained and obviously the roles can be reversed, right? Or essentially you're going to have to meet someone where they're at so you don't overcompensate. Then after, you could incorporate values into relationships that you have. Just like a business has value, so can you. Whatever you want, right? So accountability, financial freedom, integrity, and make it as long as you want. But that long list of values that you have now can be incorporated by making these priorities in relationships. So you can then put into words and then you can put those words into emotions. So if you value maturity and you meet someone that doesn't really emulate that, then you could go and then and say, hey, I disagree with this and then move accordingly. I think that for me, I know, in love, I was struggling with giving people grace. Oh my God, until it was in my face, I swear to you. Like I, if I could avoid this lesson, I would have avoided it until I was on my deathbed, right? But because one of my values that I do not compromise on whatsoever is accountability, like that's my number one, I would have this concept, this toxic concept of nothing people. So that was my term. So for instance, I wouldn't block you. I wouldn't speak to you. I would walk right past you as if you never existed. I would not support anything you have going on, nothing. Like I wouldn't even have, well, I wouldn't even help you even if I had the specific resources to do so. And I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. And I learned this the hard way, but I can admit that I would hold people captive to their past actions. I would only acknowledge the version of them that mistreated me, and I would only keep introducing the previous incidences simply because I didn't think people heard me. So, in order to keep them in a state of awareness, I took it upon myself to hold those grudges for years. And I think my only intention behind holding people captive 
to their actions was trying to force them into a introspective period to think about how they changed the dynamic within the relationship with me, which I now completely recognize that you cannot force people to do anything and people process things completely different. So we have to think about the duality of that because everything has a equal and opposite reaction, right? If we want to bring physics into this. Because the same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I didn't like it. And I definitely thought it was unfair, which is funny. It's hilarious. I thought it was unfair to hold people to the past version of myself hostage. And in that, I realized that my original intention of trying to make people go into this introspective period really did nothing. Because... Being on the other half of that, it just felt like cruel and unusual punishment. So I think the next step for me was implementing grace. But I just didn't know how to start at the time. Trust me, I started, but you know, it's hard. It's hard. (laughs) So yeah, that's my little dilemma in love at the moment. But I just want to remind you guys that Love is a working progress, but it definitely isn't perfect, but it is a choice. And with this being said, I'll leave you guys with this, my little inspirational quote for the end of the podcast. Having a lack of accountability is the ego's way of avoiding self-reflection and remaining a victim is sharing a story that keeps those feelings alive. So ultimately, accountability is the maturing of the ego. So I'll let you guys take that in. I know it was deep, but love is a marathon. And with that being said, I'll see you guys in the next one.